Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. I hope everyone is having a rocking morning. This is Troy Dooley, the host of the Beachside CEO, heard around the globe now on the Home Business Radio Network, the voice in positive powered radio. I just love saying that. I mean, you know, I, I have been part of the the founding crew that launched the Home Business Radio Network, Doug Fireball, Todd Falcone. I mean, it, there's so many, you know, Paul's over there. I mean, it's been great to watch the the just the, the camaraderie, the collaboration of some great folks. And to be a part of that uh, has been just wonderful. I know our show is, is cranking in the rankings. Uh, and that's a little bit of like a rhyme, you know. But I, I feel so so blessed because... You know, just a few months ago, we, we've been plugging away at the radio show now for, I don't know, a couple, three years, four years. And, you know, we've had great success, you know, at least in my mind, because we were getting three or 400 people to listen. We, we boosted that up. Um, man, it was really awesome because all of a sudden we started getting ten and 15,000 listeners a month. And I just thought, man, how how awesome is this that that we're able to, to touch people's lives worldwide and, and in the last two months... Um, that has just, uh, it's kind of overwhelming because now we're getting anywhere from, from three to 6,000 people listening a day uh, just just downloading from from iTunes our show and from Blog Talk Radio, and, and that doesn't count the 100,000-plus listeners over in the Home Business Radio Network when this thing is going live. So um, this is heartfelt, heartfelt thanks. To all of you guys for for being a part of this, for helping us really get the message out there, because that's what it's about. And I and I don't even think it's about me. I'm just the messenger. I honestly believe it has to do with the authors that we grab a hold of and and really dig into the meat and potatoes of what they they teach and they train on. And it's just like our our series right now that we're having so much fun with, you know, from Dr. Henry Cloud, the secret or the law of happiness, part of the secret things of God. He says how spiritual wisdom and modern science can change your life. And truly, that is that is the big part right there. Because as as we look at things, as we as we dig into things, we start to realize that sometimes in our walk, just our, our daily walk in life, we all come from different backgrounds, uh different disciplines, different theologies, different world views when when you get right down to it. And what 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 really stokes me on this is the fact that when when you actually look at putting together the the science and the spiritual wisdom that 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 pours out of all of us. I think we all agree to some degree with that. We start to realize that so many times science will back up the spiritual side of things, or the spiritual side of things backs up science. It depends on how you want to look at it. And if you're new to the show, we're not we're not going to get into some theology debate or anything like that. It just It's always been interesting to me, because as somebody that grew up inside of a pretty judgmental denomination, uh, well, not pretty judgmental, they're just downright judgmental, um, it was interesting as I started digging into my own personal walk, what I was able to find, and, and as I studied both the Bible and science and how that, that actually works together. For years I thought science was was evil, that it wasn't it wasn't biblical based and I found it elsewhere, you know, just different. 
So as we as we get into chapter 11 today, happy people set boundaries. I think you'll understand some pretty interesting things. And it's what tickles me to death because it allows me to realize, you know what, there's hope for all of us. No matter how nasty and snarky and 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 just downright, oh, I don't know, crappy we get to be, there's hope. Dr. Cloud starts this chapter off. He says, it's official. If you don't allow people to control you, abuse you, or misuse you, you will be happier. Matter of fact, research proves, and the Bible tells us the same thing, but did we really need scientists or God to tell us that? I think so. Because as I've lived my life, both as a just a child in a, in a home that sometimes wasn't the happiest home, to a teenager who was out there in the world realizing that there were all kinds of bullies that wanted to pick on people that were less fortunate to them, to as an adult working as a bounty hunter and a bail bondsman and seeing the abuse that men and women both get into, I started to realize that when you don't have boundaries, you're not happy. It's interesting because over 240,000 teenagers a year who, in a lot of cases, have homosexual or lesbian tendencies or they've had some kind of a, of a other issues that have come out. They're on the streets homeless, being abused by people, men and women, in a lot of cases, who are middle-class, upstanding citizens. And, and you may say, well, Gosh, Troy, there's nothing happy about that. Well, there is, because I've got a group of friends that are, are going, I mean, really passionately into the homeless teen community to help them out and to, to bring teens out. And the sad thing is Orange County, which is one of the richest counties in America, has one of the largest populations of homeless teens. And, and so as I look at this, and I realize this, and I studied it as a bail bondsman, I started to realize that when we set boundaries, when we stop those around us that may be abusing us in one way or another. And it's not always that dramatic. Sometimes it's the little things. You're a loser. You're never going to amount to anything. Why do you think you can do that? Why would you jump into this? What the heck are you thinking? Remember all those? Or that teacher at the front of the class, you're stupid. Why don't you pay more attention? You're never going to amount to anything. See, that's also... Allowing people to abuse us. So we got to figure this out. You know, why is it that we allow other people to mistreat us? Especially when we don't even realize that it's happening. See, Dr. Cloud says the reason we do that is because we really haven't set any boundaries. We've not put a line in the sand and said, stop. See, we just subconsciously sometimes figure that we're just doomed to be unhappy because because of the other person or or that we would be happy if just the other person would change their ways. We never seem to stop and look at the fact, hey, if we could just change our ways. This is why so many times in the sales and marketing profession, entrepreneurs fail at succeeding the way they want to because as soon as they hear some rejection, could be a loud voice, could be a word that's used, They stop, they break down, they get into that same limiting belief pattern that they've had. I mean, totally. 
great men and women. Matter of fact, this is why a lot of times you see successful men and women who have done great things in the world end up having a, a, a brain fart. Bill Clinton's a prime example. Most powerful man in the world decides to have a little nookie under the desk with some, some I don't know what she was, college gal or whatever, intern. That's what they call their intern. Because all of a sudden we click. And, 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 and in this case, she didn't set boundaries, and he took took liberties. Doesn't matter how you look at it. And I'm not, I'm not condoning or – look, look I'm pay, just pay attention to what I'm saying here. See, here's what happens. We have to figure out how do we deal with a controlling person. Dr. Cloud shares a story. He said, I was doing one of my conferences, and it was a seminar, and a woman from the audience said this, what do you mean controlling person? Or she said, how do you deal with a controlling person? And I said, what do you mean by the controlling person? And she says, oh, come on, you know, the kind who always has to have his way or is critical of everything that I do and puts me down, she said, that kind of person, what do you do with him? He said, I calmly looked at her and said, you convert him. Now, obviously, this with, with Christian background in, in his counseling, she came back and said, the person I'm talking about has no interest in God. How would I convert him? Dr. Cloud said, I didn't say convert him to God. I meant convert him to, from being a controlling person to being a frustrated person. Now, this is interesting. This is a unique concept that everybody can think about here for a minute. See, what's the difference? <coughs> excuse me. What's the difference between controlling and frustrated? See, in, re- in reality, if, if you just get right down to it, there really is no such thing as a controlling person. And I know, and I know some of you may say, man, you don't know my spouse, you don't know my, my boyfriend, you don't know my boss. But think about it. You only describe the person as controlling because you give in to their wants and their needs. You give in to everything that they say, everything they want. They want it their way, and you give in to that. So the only reason that they're controlling is because you've set no boundaries. So when you give in, you feel controlled, and you call that person controlling. That's the way that works. But what Dr. Cloud says is, let me make a suggestion. And the suggestion is that you turn him into a frustrated person instead of a controlling person by one simple step. You stop giving in. If you don't want to to, to be controlled and manipulated and, 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 and have all his demands, then you've got to make him frustrated. See, he'll become frustrated when you don't give in, but he'll no longer have control over anything about you at that point, just say no, and the problem's resolved. Now, that seems a little too simple, doesn't it? And some of you are probably saying, Troy, you don't understand. My wife or my husband or, or whatever, the person's very, very physically, I mean, he's abusive. In those cases, you just need to get out, period. You need to go to a safe house. You need to get a hold of some people that can help you. This was something that we did as, as, I mean, we just did this with people when we were doing bail. We had attorneys that knew we would work with this and the, and the system knew, and, and we would go pull women and children out of abusive relationships. 
there there is hope, there is help. But what I'm talking about is more the traditional boss, the traditional spouse that's spoiled. Okay, that that that's used to getting their way, and you just say, "Stop it." So all of a sudden, they also have a brain mechanism that says, wait a minute, why'd they just say stop? See, all of a sudden, they're going to be frustrated, but here's what's going to happen to you. You're going to start becoming a happier person. There's not going to be some pain in between. But what really happens is all of a sudden, you've set the boundaries. You're starting to have control over yourself. You're starting to make the difference. See, this is, this is some pretty powerful stuff. You want your business to grow, you want your relationships to grow, you want to you want to have a different outlook in life. What do you got to do? You have to change. It's not about the other person changing. Listen to this. I thought this was good. It said one of the most powerful lessons to learn is if you want to be happier, then you need to get, need to understand what psychologists have learned. It says psychologists have known for a long time that happy people have something called an internal locus of control, meaning they understand they are controlled by themselves, not by other people or their circumstances. In, 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 in terms of boundaries, it means that you do not allow other people to control manipulation, irresponsibility, or even abuse to change, to be in charge of your life. Having boundaries mean that you step step up, set the limits on what you will and will not allow in your life. Now, think about this. If you have the focus of control and you say, I am taking charge, two things happen. One, it will shock them. Their brain will not totally understand that. They could yell louder, they could become introverted, they could get mad and leave. It doesn't matter. You're in charge. I'd suggest getting Dr. Cloud's book, Boundaries, one of the greatest books ever ever came into my life. Because I understood a long time ago that having boundaries means that I set limit on what I will and will not do, what I will allow in my life. I've said this before. I've had situations where publicly people have decided to raise their voice and ridicule me. And they think by raising their voice, by getting in your face, by, by, by being cocky like that, that it's going to do something. Well, you know what? I, I was pretty used to that growing up because my family's pretty vocal and loud, and, and I've had aunts and uncles get in each other's face publicly. I've had you know guns pulled. I mean, it takes a whole lot to embarrass me in public anyway. But I remember a situation where a guy said, let's just get it on. I will rip you apart right here. Now, internally, I was snickering because I thought, man, I'd do some pretty bad damage and end up in prison, I think, with this dude. And instead, I said, you want me to buy you breakfast and we can talk about it? See, the difference between somebody that understands their capabilities but decides not to let the anger come out is somebody that's in control. Anybody that's studied my background or knows my background will, will will attest to the fact that I grew up definitely with anger issues. I mean, I did not really have a major problem, especially as an adult, getting in anybody's face. The Marine Corps helped me in that without a doubt, but 
you know, it is it has been bad. I mean, there were there was a time in my life when I was facing several different felony charges from assault with the deadly weapon to with the intent to kill to uh, attempted vehicular homicide uh, where I where I ran a lady off the road with my vehicle. I mean, there there's some anger issues, many fights, and and I'm not I'm not trying to sensationalize this. What I'm saying is, when somebody comes up to me. It's different because I actually don't have that fear of death, so I don't have that that same controlling mechanism that people have. And because the anger is always right under the surface, in my younger years it was so easy just to haul off and slap somebody. I mean, it takes a pretty pretty weird person to say, yeah, I'll be a bounty hunter. I don't mind going after people that don't want to go to jail. I don't mind being a Marine. I'll be the first one on the ground. It doesn't matter to me if people are shooting at me. I mean, that you know, common sense would tell you that's probably not the best place to be. So when you set boundaries, all of a sudden, instead of other people controlling you, all of a sudden you are now taking charge of your life. See, that's the interesting thing. When we take control of our life, all of a sudden our internal frustrations like anger don't control us, nor can the outside controlling features, emotions, or stupidity of somebody else control us. It's interesting. And what's even more interesting is how the Bible kind of talks about this. See, the Bible says in a variety of places, but, but here's, here, here's one. It tells us that we've got to guard our heart. We've got to guard our life. So if we want to be happier and, and we're going to focus on control, we can turn to the Bible and, and, and say, okay, does this scientific uh, doctrine, is it supported by the Bible? Well, the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. In another place it says, in the paths of the wicked lie thorns and snares, but he who guards his soul stay far from them. So we see what science says, take control. We see the Bible says to guard or protect. It's the same thing, just written different. So when you put up healthy boundaries to guard your heart, to guard your mind, to guard your soul, to guard the the emotions and the energy of your life, two things are taking place. One, you're you're fulfilling uh, an instruction in the Bible, but number two, you're actually, based on science, protecting yourself from having an emotional breakdown. You're protecting yourself from letting your circumstances dictate your actions and your emotions, which can cause major controversy. Now, for some of you that are still wondering, what the heck happened if Troy got hit with all those charges? How in the Sam Hill is he on the radio? Well, here's what happened. The assault with a deadly weapon with the intent to kill was downgraded to a misdemeanor of having a gun in the city limits. And the attempted vehicular homicide was downsized to a misdemeanor of careless driving. And I had a lot of other things that I had to work on. And thank goodness I had a judge in both cases that understood I had anchor issues and needed those worked on, not needing to spend time in prison. So when you look at situations like that, you've got to understand that you have to take control of the situation. See, if you're not guarding yourself, 
then the predators that are out there will rip away your happiness. We call them happiness killers. They will invade your territory and certainly diminish your happiness. Paige and I over the years have set boundaries, and we use key words with each other. If I say something that hurts her, the phrase that she usually uses is, gosh, that brick hurt. And it makes me realize, oh, I just did something that I swore I would not do. Honey, will you please forgive me? That's important. You also sometimes are going to let your boundaries down, or you're going to be the controlling person, and you've got to be really cautious with that. My kids, my my, my sons especially, but even my daughters have seen me angry at certain situations. And what they usually say is, Dad's got that look in his eye. And the first time anybody ever told me that was my kid brother. We would stand out in the street and we would box each other and and we would spar bare knuckle. And every now and then he'd say, hey, bub, you've got that look in your eye. Let's, Let's chill for a minute. See, sometimes it's the boundaries that we set that we're able to take control of ourselves. When I watch the the Marvel superhero the Hulk, I understand what the scientist goes through when he says, "You really wouldn't like it when I'm angry." Now, I'm telling you, this is one of my Achilles heels. Is keeping that anger in check. I ha- it's amazing to me when people are on my blog and they'll say, "Troy, I don't know how you how you keep from not not just yelling and trashing these people." And it, and it's really tough. But I would rather be happy than angry. I would rather have boundaries and have loved ones in my life than to go through my life as a hermit with really no friends. Healthy boundaries guard us. And when we set those boundaries around our heart, we won't be near as tempted to do wrong to others, and we won't be near as vulnerable to, do, to have their wrongdoings take place against us. I think this is the key. So we've got to take control of our heart. We've got to make sure that people understand, you know what, I'm in charge of me. You can't do this to me. If you're a Christian, you believe that your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit, so why in the same hill would you let the enemies in there where the Holy Spirit is? If you're a new ager, you believe that, that your energy is a reflection of the universe and what you, what you attract is, is based on what you're thinking Well, if you're thinking evil thoughts, you're going to attract evil people. If you're thinking about people that control you, then... So see how this all works? I mean, it's interesting, the the correlations here. Why would you want anybody to steal your happiness? King David, who's one of my heroes, he was the second king of the ancient Hebrew people. We know him as the Israelites today, as, as, as Jewish people. It's interesting. It says, I will set before my eyes no vile thing. The deeds of faithless men I hate, they will not cling to me. Men of perverse hearts shall be far away from me. I will have nothing to do with evil. Whoever slanders his neighbor neighbor in secret, him I will put to silence. Whosoever has haughty eyes and a proud heart, him I will not endure. My eyes will be on the faithful in the land, and that they may dwell with me. He who walks is blameless will minister to me. No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. Every morning I will put to silence all the wicked in the land. I will cut off every evildoer from the city of the Lord. 
a little bit, you know, I mean, this guy's like, you know, I don't know, Chuck Norris or something like that. So, I mean, he's going to go kick butt and take names. He's the king. But I want you to think about what he's actually saying there. How would your life be different if you'd have done these things that, that David wrote down? If you'd have set the same boundaries that David had? Think about it. I will put no vile things before my eyes. Maybe you're like a typical person. I mean, 50% of men look at porn. 46% of women are looking at porn. What would happen if, if you just, every morning all you did was pull back the sheets and look at your, your mate and say, that's the lover for me, and I'm not going to be tempted? What about if you didn't trust faithless people? Now, I'm not talking about, like, spiritual faith. I'm talking about those dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies that run around <laughs> trying to steal your dreams. How would your life be different? Troy, you weren't born with a silver spoon in the mouth. Troy, your dad's your dad's mean. He works for that, that, that guy that, that brother just got shot in the mob. I bet your dad's part of the mob. Your mom's strange. She's got red hair. I mean, if we have all these weird, crappy people in our lives, it's no wonder we never do anything. You've got to surround yourself with rocking people. Stay away from people who pervert anything good. How many times have you seen, hey, man, look at that company. They are doing some great things for people. Yeah, they probably screwed somebody to get there. Man, get away from those kind of people. Or avoid slanderers. I had a situation over the weekend. Great leader, but he slandered some people. And then he said, well, I did it in private. It wasn't supposed to be public. Well, if you do it in private, that's as bad as doing it in public. Don't put up with people's arrogant or haughty, haughty criticism. That's what happened the time I was embarrassed in a restaurant and told the guy, you want to eat breakfast? I'll pay. There's always, we are in control if we want to be. You never trust people that lie to you. You choose faithful people. How would your life be different? That's what you've got to look at. Here's what you do. You do a performance review. See, it's not so simply to, it's not simply to keep healthy boundaries in place it's so that you can make sure that the people around you are supporting those boundaries, and if they're not, you get rid of them. See, people with good boundaries quickly address infractions and do not put up with repeated patterns of hurtful or irresponsible behavior. Cut it loose and get rid of it. I fire clients every year because of this. If you can't keep me informed with what's going on, then you're not going to be my client. We're done. You're out of here. Here's the good thing, and I know we're running short on time. When you change yourself, the world around you usually changes as well. Now, that's huge. If you start looking at changing you and stop trying to change everybody else in your life, you start putting the boundaries out there. You th say things like, I will not allow myself to be yelled at or verbally abused. If that happens, I will distance myself from the relationship and still the abuse stops. I will not allow myself to trust a liar or a cheat. The lying must stop before I trust that person again. I will not take responsibilities for the irresponsible behavior of others. If they try to get me to do their work, I will tell them I care for them, but that's not my responsibility. It's not mine. I will not allow myself to be around substance abusers, if that's the situation you're going through. I will not tolerate abuse of any kind. 
I will not allow myself to be consistently criticized or infected with toxic emotional treatment that damaged me. I will address it and try to resolve it, but if the situation cannot be resolved, I will not expose myself to it. And I will not allow anyone to derail me from my path of growth or my relationship with God. I do my best daily to walk the way I want to walk. Because I know that boundaries not only protect me from evil, but it protects the good things that I'm trying to build and the people that I'm trying to help. That's why although I'm in the midst of crap all the time, because I deal with crisis management both on the Internet and and offline to help clients, I know for a fact that I set the boundary so it doesn't affect me. And the way to do that is what we're going to study tomorrow called Happy People Forgive. It's powerful. Folks, thanks for hanging out here on the Beachside CEO. We've been studying Dr. Cloud's book, The Law of Happiness. I love that. Live life like it's an epic adventure. Stay dangerous. Stay strong. If you're in network marketing, act like it. And be back here tomorrow morning on the Beachside CEO, heard on the Home Business Radio Network, the voice of Positive Powered Radio.